dedicated, obsessed, focused. This is the Masters of Fitness Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone back to episode seven of the Masters of Fitness Podcast. Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, a coach's mentality. Thad, what's going on, Thad? How you doing today, sir? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Yeah, well, doing good. Let's talk about. Let's jump right into this. Let's talk about this horrible workout you put us through Saturday. Yeah. That let my man Nick. Nick, you listening to this, man? I'm taking up for you on this workout. You <laughs> had that man back hurt. So let's talk. Talk a little bit. Let's talk to us uh, about your endurance class this past Saturday. How was it? How was right. the turnout, man? Was it pretty good? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, that was the first class I got to do over at uh, CrossFit Beaumont. And uh, we had about 31 people in the class. It was awesome, man. It was a really, really great turnout. 31 people? Yeah. Was, How was the, what was the workout? Well, Shed the people to death that you put us through. <laughs> well, the workout, it started out with the 800-meter run, and then we came in after the 800-meter run and did 21, I mean, excuse me, as a, as a team, two partners, did 42 Dumbbell box stepovers. 42 dumbbell box stepovers. And That's enough for a workout right there. Right. And then 42 uh, devil presses, which is basically a burpee with some dumbbells in your hand. That At the end of the burpee, when you jump up, the dumbbells come up over your head. So I don't mean to interject, but a friend of mine asked for a, a workout. And I said, oh, I, uh-huh. I got a perfect thing you could do. And I put devil's press, and she <laughs> texted me back. I was like, hell no. <laughs> 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 Those things are brutal. Right, yeah, I was walking around during that class watching everybody, and I was kind of hoping I didn't scare everybody off. Well, man, you know, it's kind of it was it was it was a real good one, man. It was it was a good workout, man. Enjoyed the class, so you can find that. Like again, he's at his endurance class at eight thirty at CrossFit Beaumont on Laurel Street. Is that the street? That's the street. That's the street. All right, good. So you're doing all your meal preps done for the week? Yep. Still, I was just running around like a crazy man trying to get them all done before I came up here. Another Sunday and a no more meals for Ernest. Yeah. Maybe one of these days that that uh, <laughs> a treatment. But we did. I did have a Willie's burger before I came, man, and yeah. it was. Whew, about it. Is that on the meal plan? Don't worry about that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So today we're going to be talking about uh, coach's mentality. Kind of get the uh, aspect of what it is to be a coach, and also what is it like becoming an athlete translating that to becoming a coach and understanding the skills and how to build a better athlete and make that better athlete successful. And if you've been following us, you know today's guest is Mr. Uh, Christopher Jordan. So I want to give this guy a round of applause and welcome him to the show. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. <laughs> Chris. What's going on? Jordan, CJ31, as my brother used to scream out at you from the free throw line yes. in the basketball game. So. How's it going, man? How you been? How you doing, man? Welcome to first off, welcome to Beaumont. Thank you. I saw you kind of jumped in a little early when we talked about that Willis Burger. That's how good it is, <laughs> huh? You know, when on the way over here, I'm like, I'm going to Willis Burger. So. See, we were supposed, <laughs> so we were supposed to go to Crown. That's what was the original plan was to go yes. to Crown Pizza, but he got out the truck and he smelled those French no. fries and funnel cake, <laughs> and you couldn't. It smells like a carnival over there, <laughs> <laughs> and so you have to make the right. detour to a. But man, so if all y'all didn't know, Crown Pizza has a lunch buffet. Uh, all you could eat lunch buffet. We found that out. Today. We found that out today. All you could eat lunch buffet for eight ninety nine and a salad. Really? Monday through uh, Tuesday, no, Tuesday through, through Tuesday through Friday. Yeah, eleven so, to two. 
11 to 2. So, everybody, go check that out. Check that out. CJ. Yes, sir. So, for all the people who don't know you out there in Facebook world, kind of tell the people about yourself, what you uh, kind of what you got going on, what you do, how you get into coaching. Um, first off, I never did think I would be coaching, um, but it kind of happened. I fell in love with it. Um, former basketball player. Um, and that's how, you know, it just pretty much happened. Uh, as far as coaching goes, it, get into it with high school, obviously you're going to have to be teaching something. So that comes along with the job. Um, <clears throat> other than that, it was just kind of something that I, you know, kind of fell into. And I talked to my old college coach and he told me, you know, figure one day you would probably end up coaching at some point because of, you know, the type of player I was to begin with. So that's how I ended up coaching. And, literally made the transition from being a player into a coach pretty quick um, and becoming a head coach pretty quick, too. So how long were you actually uh, assistant coaching before you jumped in to be a head ass- coach? I was an assistant coach for two years. Two years, okay. For two years. And then I ended up being the head coach. Our original head coach took the assistant principal job, and I kind of knew then that I was probably going to end up being a head coach because he wasn't going to be able to do both. So – Man, so that's that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool, man. You uh, so backtracking a little bit back to those. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about your college, your college days, man. College oh, days. Man. Talk to about those college athlete days. <sighs> being a young buck, a young buck out there on Sam Houston campus. Yeah. How was that? Talk to us about being. How's it like playing D one college basketball? The whole transition to doing that from high school. Starting off just. Before you even play D1 basketball, um, obviously in high school you play basketball, you play sports, you have fun with your teammates, you know, friends, all that good stuff. And it, it's more of a – it's a fun thing. You're doing it for out of fun. You're mm-hmm. always going to have fun doing it. When you get to college and, and it becomes almost like a job, you find out if you love it. Um, and I say that because practice time, um, working out time, all that stuff – it becomes extended and it starts to be a part of your everyday routine. And I remember when I was talking to uh, some D1 coaches about my daughter, Will's at a camp, and that's one thing they said. They said, if it's not in your heart when you get to college, you'll find out real yes. quick how bad it is, yes. real quick. Um, you know, and for me, I always told myself, if I could make it through the first semester, I knew I was going to be okay. <laughs> now, I'm not going to sit up here and lie and say, and I, tell, I told this to my kid that went to Texas Tech um, last year. I said, you're, at some point, you're going to hit the wall, and you're going to be like, man, do I really want to do this, or can I just stop and just be a regular student? And you're going to ask yourself that, and you're going to have to make a decision. If you're going to stick with it, you're going to have to work extra hard. You're going to have to do more than you ever thought, blood, sweat, t- literally blood, sweat, and tears. And you're going to think that these people are crazy. Like, why am I doing these workouts? Um, so that definitely was, a, was an eye-opener coming from high school to college. Um, and I redshirted my first year. Not a lot of people know that. Okay. Um, I tell my kids that I redshirted. And most people, you know, some people think that, well, if you redshirt, that means you weren't good enough. That really didn't have anything to do so with it. So it's all about just helping no. you prep, making that transition mm-hmm. over. Yeah. So, um, CJ, what's the difference? How much faster is the game whenever you get to a D1 ball compared to what you've been playing in high school? Um, it is a lot – it's a significant difference in speed, um, the strength of players, um, the athleticism. I'll give you an example. In high school, I knew I can make some mistakes skill-wise or on the court, mm-hmm. and my athleticism would erase the mistake right. pretty easily, whether it's blocking somebody's shot, you know, catching something, dunking something. And my, my high school coach would always say, 
you can't dunk everything. You can't dunk everything. One of my teammates. Can't dunk every. Why not? And and that's we are always like, but coach, you know, he's the first thing he's thinking is, um, you can't. You know, you there's no way you're going to be able to dunk everything. So he wants wanted us to develop more skill. Your athleticism is not going to get you out of trouble. Right. Um, me transitioning from high school to college. Going into college, I was six three, one sixty five. That's I was bulked. You up, was paper. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think was, you. I, was, I think you. I think you need to go to Thad's endurance class to get some strength. <laughs> I was yeah. Let's say I was ripped up. So one thing, coach, uh, we already knew um, we were going to implement a plan for me, and and it was going to involve weight room for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and weight training, we did do it in high school, but it wasn't to the extreme that we did it in college. Nowhere no. near. Um, and first thing, starting off, power cleans. I had never done a power clean before. Never. Mm-hmm. Look that look. You saw how that perked up when you said power <laughs> clean. That boy power set clean. up. He set up, but he set up good. Our, so our, our strength and conditioning yeah, coach. I find that interesting. Yes. Said he wanted to focus on Olympic type lifts. Mm-hmm. Stuff with explosion. Right. Um, you gotta be explosive in small spaces as far mm-hmm. as a basketball player goes. So power clean, overhead snatch. Um that Dang. was <laughs> never done it before. Right. And um having to adjust to that, um, Working out, every, you know, every day out mm. the week, getting up, um, conditioning five in the morning, five thirty in the morning, it was a huge difference as opposed to in high school where it's kind of like, you know, you're doing stuff. But we, it wasn't, it, it wasn't every day. Literally, your eight hours out of your day is going to be dedicated right. to your sport. Of what you're when doing. you stepped out on the court for the very first game, mm-hmm. were those guys running around faster than you thought they were going to be? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm be honest, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you run across a seven-foot guy. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, I probably saw one seven-foot person. One? One. That it, that we actually played. But in college, first game, six, eleven, seven-foot guy. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a learning process, um, figuring out how to play the game smarter right. and not harder. Um and it was, of course, you know, with me being my size, I knew that I was kind of a step behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was going to take, you know, you're going to have to really put in the work if you want to be able to get where you want to be. So um, that was my thing, um, trying to get stronger. Um, I knew I can get through the class part, but getting stronger, I needed that red shirt year to mm-hmm. be able to physically mature. Yeah. Um, and that's what, okay, and I, I can and, see that. and like you said, always is that negative connotation in regards to getting a red shirt. Yeah, thinking, oh, well, you red shirting because you're not ready to play. But yep. you also, you see a lot of freshmen come in and are very immature and end up leaving the program. Yes, because they're not mentally not there. Yeah. So what you said, you come back. What point did you hit where you was like, okay, well, you had to make. What point did you get where you say what pushed you over the hump to say, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to continue playing basketball at this level and not just be a student. Well, when I got there, of course, I found out um, a sco- an athletic scholarship is not a four-year thing. It's a one-year renewal. And that's what people don't know. It's like, yeah. you know, it's not a guarantee four years. Yeah. Um, when I was in the weight room doing stuff, of course, I got stronger. Within the first month, mm-hmm. I got stronger. Well, the head coach comes up to you and said, hey, I, you know, heard you been doing this in the weight room. That's good. Where's your bench press at? And you like, oh. You know, I don't, he's telling you your numbers, and you're like, "Well, how do you know?" They keeping up with all that stuff. Yeah, um, and that started kind of like, okay, you can't can't BS your way through workouts. If you're going to mm-hmm. be in workouts every day, they're going to look at your numbers and say, if your numbers aren't here, 
then you're not doing something right. Right. You're not you're, working hard enough. You're not working hard enough. You might think you are, but you're not because that's what progressing you're towards something that's there you go. We need to see numbers going up. Um, and I was the only freshman there. Really? Only freshman? Myself. That, so me being the only freshman, and we had a lot of JUCO guys in that year. Oh, so a lot of JUCO guys got scholarships. You was the only freshman that yes, got one? Oh, okay. I was the only freshman that, that was on the team that year. So I'm like, okay, the other guy that was supposed to come, he didn't. He ended up not coming. He ended up going the JUCO route. So I'm like, oh, so who's my roommate supposed to be? What's going on? <laughs> you know, so I had to stay with an older person. Um, and a part of me is like, man, I'm the kid on the team. All these guys been in JUCO. And they know, you know, they've been through that gauntlet, especially the JUCO route. Yeah, they, they, they're ready. And you didn't oh, rough yeah. and tumble, didn't been through it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't so, see last chance you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, me coming in, I can't come in at, at a low level and thinking I can just kind of just walk around and do what I want because those guys are going to be right there like, nah, you, what are you doing? You can't do this. You can't do yeah. that. And they're going to. It wasn't a group of guy, a group of guys that you wanted to get out of line with and be like, man, you don't want to get on their bad side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'll not saying that they'll physically like you know kill you or harm, but you know, man, no, nah, they they're not gonna let that happen. So, so would you say that's kind of like just mental toughness, especially being yes. the only freshman, red shirt and mm-hmm. small, skinny kid coming in, yes. all stacked up against you. So that's yeah. small school. At that time, I was a I was a I came from the smallest school on the team. At okay. That time. Um, my graduating class was 53. Wow. So most of those guys came from 4A, 5A schools. And it's like, man, what, where are you from? And I'm like, Hitchcock. And people, first thing, look at me, Hitchcock. Where is, where is <laughs> Hitchcock? Yeah. Where? Galveston. Galveston. I just say Galveston. Galveston. Because I'm not going to say Houston. I'm not saying Houston. Every time somebody be like, that's near Houston. No, it's not. It's near Galveston. So um, coming from a small school, knowing that, um, you know, you got to come in with a chip on your shoulder. You got to show yes. that just because you came from a smaller school, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to come in and compete and, and work out and work hard. So, and what year were y'all champions? Was that your? That was my, not my redshirt year. That was the very next year. Your next, your redshirt yeah. freshman year. My redshirt freshman okay. year. Okay. See, yeah. look at it. Look, they, that's what they needed. They needed you there Maybe so. to win that championship. I was a great practice dummy my freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> the scout team was awesome. Hey, but that's what kids don't understand. You go to these schools, these D1 schools, and you play your part. Yeah. Until it's your time to shine. You can't go there asking for a handout. Because like you said, you get there, you was probably the big fish at Hitchcock. You was the man. Coming from a small school. Coming from a small school and getting to Sam Houston. You got guys like, I'm from 5A school. I'm from such and such Houston. I'm from yes. Arkansas, Louisiana. Yep. And it's like, okay, we don't, nobody care about Hitchcock. What is Hitchcock? What is that? <laughs> you come from a small school. What are you doing here? Like, what's going on? So, so knowing that and knowing kind of what it takes being – being that coach who actually went through the gambit of like redshirt freshman year, being only freshman year, how do you translate that to your guys that you coach now? Ooh. And are they receptive to it? Yeah, um, that's a tough one, especially with the kids that I have now and just the kids in general these days. They, I think they with with the Instagram videos and the highlight videos that you see all the time, they see the end product of what a guy's been doing. And they don't get a chance to they see, see the destination and not the journey. There you go. They don't get a chance to see that, man, that guy was working in the gym hard. That guy used to – he wasn't the best guy at first, but he became the best person through through working hard and not, you know, taking anything for granted. Trying to get them to understand that you can come from a small school and still, you know, you can still go somewhere and, and play and, and be good at it, but it might be a little bit harder than yeah. maybe the guy that came from this school. And it always I, – I use the example – somebody told me, it was like the five-star versus the three-star example. Well, 
a five-star guy that gets recruited, maybe he goes to that school because he's always had everything handed out to him. Yeah. He tends to be a little relaxed. A little relaxed, real comfortable. Yeah. The three-star guy comes in, and he's like, and I've been having a – I had to fight just to get here because everybody said I was a three-star athlete. That I wasn't going to make it. That wasn't going to make it. So now he can come in and actually pass up the five-star because everything that three-star has always wanted has been has always been, I got to take this instead of, here, you can have this. So how do you get away from that, like, with the instant – because, like you said, we live in a society where it's instant gratification. Yeah. Like, we want it right now. People not out there grinding, working. So is it – I guess I guess you say they're not as receptive, but how do you – does it get you frustrated or are you just like – Yeah, it, it definitely does get frustrating at times, um, especially with the young group. The group I had this year was very young, mm-hmm. um, and I knew that. Maturity-wise, they just were very young. And my my senior starter that I did have for starters were smaller, were smaller guards. So it was oh, a little okay. bit – you know, a little bit harder for them to get across to the younger guys. Um, and you just have to be consistent. I have to always consistently show them stuff and, and literally break it down from ground zero and build them up and show them this is how you get this done. Even if it's in film session, that's when I try to do it the most and, and not try to embarrass them, but I light into them the most at film session because during film, it, the film don't lie. The eye in the sky, <laughs> the eye in the sky doesn't lie. And that's, and that's, it's funny that you say because that's what even in uh, the world of CrossFit or just fitness, like me and Thad are talking here, record me running or squatting like, and you thought you went below parallel, but the film don't lie. It's there. It's yeah. cut and dry. You yeah. pick up, you see those bad habits, and you see those tendencies that you may show that you're not working on in practice. Yes, and that's and that's the thing I have to try to carry over to them. Once we see it in film and we break it down, now let's take that breakdown into practice and figure out how to better that breakdown, how to get away from doing the same thing over and over again. And some of it comes from them when they see the highlights. Yeah. Oh, I want to try this. Oh, I can do that. And I'm like, no, just stay within yourself. Mm-hmm. If that's not a strength that you have, if you're not an above-the-rim player, that's okay. You can be a below-the-rim player because you can do other skills or uh, strengthening other skill sets that don't require you to play above the rim. And trying to get them to understand that, it, it gets across to them, but sometimes they have to learn trial by fire. Yeah, learn the hard they, way. When they huh? mess up, go sit down on the bench. Mm-hmm. Don't. And I tell the assistant coach, you go tell him why, because he don't want me to tell him why. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's the what's the what's the what's give us an example of a CJ lightning to somebody at the film room? Because like you, because I've been knowing you for a long time. Yeah. You're pretty a low key, mellow uh, guy. I can't see you getting firing in too. Man, uh, on the we, we're in man to man defense. Mm-hmm. Um, guy goes and scores. I don't get on the guy that was guarding him. I get on the guy that wasn't guarding him because you're supposed to be help side. I ask you, where are you supposed to be at on here? I was there. That wasn't the, the biggest pet peeve. That ain't my man. Ooh. <laughs> I understand we're playing man-to-man defense, but you're essentially you're not guarding the man. You're guarding the ball, trying to get them to understand that. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I asked them, on defense, do you guard the man or the ball? And usually incoming freshmen or young guys that don't know how to play man-to-man truly, they say, oh, I'm guarding the man. It's like, so if your man's in the corner and the ball's under the rim, you're just going to leave the ball in the, the corner. You're going to stand in the corner with him. So they always would, you know, they argue me up and down. I wasn't right there. I swear I was here. So I have to literally put the film in <laughs> so you slow So you brought an analytical guy. guy. Let's, let's, I don't need to cuss you out. I don't need to do it. Let's break it down and show you what you need to be. Yes. And now tell me if I'm crazy. Is this you? <laughs> Are you that number right there? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, and I, that's why I tell him, well, what the hell are you talking about? Why, why are you telling me that you're not here? Um, 
you know, and they'll try to, sometimes I've had guys go back and forth and I don't mind that. Explain to me. I want to hear your explanation. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Cause you might, that's fair. you might have a, a valid explanation. A valid reason. Yeah. But most of the time, <laughs> no, sir. No, just don't do it. I don't, don't, I don't do yeah, it. Yeah. We're trying to break bad habits and the younger guys have to see that on film and you have to get on them in the in a practice setting. I've I've tried not to get on them in a game setting so much because younger guys, they will mentally just kind of just shy away shut from down them. or yes. Yeah. So um you know, kids these days are they're a little different. Oh yeah. You know. Um <clears throat> they can develop attitudes pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So uh, you start getting on them and stuff like that. Do you got some of them that want to kind of cop a little attitude or? Yes. I've I dealt with them, you know, the guys that say, the, uh, I call them, it ain't my fault or that wasn't me or just always have to get the last word in. Right. And and I tell them that when you, when I'm talking to you, when, you, when you're hearing me, you're hearing me. You're not, you're listening to respond instead of listening to. To understand. To understand mm-hmm. why I'm doing this. Yeah. There's always a why behind what we're doing. Um, I call it, I tell my parents, it's always a method to the madness because they, the parents, man, my son just said that you just ran on this, 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 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'll tell them I'm never going to do anything just out of spite, just mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, we need to do this just because. There's going to be a reason behind that. And I want them to try to understand, um, you know, when you're trying to get the last word in with me, if you're talking to me like that, I can imagine what you're doing in the classroom. Exactly. And if you're doing that in the classroom, how do you probably talk to your parents? Mm-hmm. And see, that's and it's interesting that you say that. It's like you say those parents getting instead of looking at the kids, they want to go blame the coach, but not. So, what is your kid doing to make themselves better? And it's it's yeah. a tough world, especially. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't envy high school coaches. It could be a tough line to cross because in when those past, kids are with you, they're your kids. Yeah. In the past, um, parents sometimes it was just hard to get the parents to understand. And I'm like, wow. right. when, you, when you get the parents over on your side, everything is going mm-hmm. everything is a, is a smooth sail. But then you have some that are, you know, well, why did the why did the teacher do this or why did the coach do this to you? What did he do to mm-hmm. such and such? I, I can't. I'm not at liberty to talk about this other. You know, yeah. what did, why don't we focus on what your child did? Right. Um, I'll give you a story. So um, senior night, and normally on senior night. You start your seniors, you recognize them. Well, um, I had one senior that mispracticed the day before. So that's – I'm already kind of feeling some type of way. <laughs> now, this, is, this is a district game. It's a district game. Important um, game. He knows what's going on. Game. And th- if we win this game, we secure the second uh, – we end up tied for first place but the second seed. Yeah. If we lose it, that could bump us down to the third seed, and you probably don't want to see the team you're going to have to play in the playoffs in the first round. So he didn't come to practice. Okay, the next day, you know, I run the guys that don't come to practice. He wasn't he wasn't there at that time, so he didn't get ringed. Now, shoot around comes around, and he has a class during shoot around, which I understand because he had to take a chemistry class. Well, the teacher let lets him come early, leave chemistry early and come to shoot around, or if we have a game day or whatever we're doing, she lets him come. So she emails me and says, "Hey, I released." Player X, I'm not gonna say his name, <laughs> and um, he sh- he should be coming to you in the next five minutes. I never saw him, hmm. so I'm like, okay, that's weird. Didn't show up, you know. Well, he had left school hmm. and just left and skipped shoot around. So he comes 
at five o'clock when the guys come in, he gets his jersey, puts it on, um, recognize him for senior night. I give him his senior gift. I don't start him, <laughs> and I don't play him. Well, I can already tell he's sitting on the bench like, man, this is some BS, you know. <laughs> and I can hear his mama and grandma in the stands. They cussing me up and down. So I'm like, you know, I'm good at ignoring it. I'm not worried about. Yeah, it. you you didn't you didn't dealt a coach. You I, didn't. I had plenty of cussing knots before. Yes, I've heard it all before. As a player, coach, you name it, I've it, done heard it all. It's, it's yeah. not nothing new. So another kid on the team that was a senior didn't play also. But, um, you know, it wasn't because he, it wasn't no discipline thing with him. He just didn't play. And actually the game was closer than anticipated. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I want to play him. But, you know, we put him in. We mess around and lose the game. <laughs> you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I want to, you know, I want to get all the seniors in, but I'm not yeah. going to risk this, you know, this magnitude of a game for that. So after the game, I'm shaking the other team's hand, telling me, you know, good game, whatever. I don't even get a chance to shake the rest of the guys, you know, other team's hand. Grandma and mom come down in front of me just cussing up a storm. And I'm like, hey, can I just shake the other? No, 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 no. They just going off, going off. So the other team's coach looking at me like, Okay, I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. Don't, don't worry about it. I know what's going on. So, I'm prepared for yeah, this. I have my guys go in the locker room. Um, of course, the kid that I didn't play, he was in and out the locker room like that. Yeah. He was ticked off. Mm-hmm. Didn't even get a chance to talk to him and explain to him. Was that his last game? It wasn't his last game. He was a, he was a senior, but we went to the playoffs. Playoffs, okay. Yeah. okay. Um, so the police officer comes in the locker room like, hey, coach, such and such is out there. Mom and grandma, you know, you want me to tell them to go? I said, nope. I said, I'm glad to hear. I've been wanting to talk to them. Mm-hmm. So I come out. I need to talk to you. I need You need to tell me why my son didn't play in this senior night. That's wrong. Blah, 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 blah. I said, well, um, did your son tell you why he probably didn't play? She said, it don't matter. You should have played. <laughs> seniors. You should have played that other boy, too, because he should have played. I'm so like, now she's taking up for somebody yeah, else. We like, even, even uh, We're not even talking about him. So um, I explained to her that he had missed practice the day before. She said, well, Three other players mispracticed, and they still play. I say three other players took care of their consequences stuff. So, yes, they did play. I said, but they came to shoot around today. Your son didn't. And she said, well, let me talk. He didn't want me to talk to you, so I'm going to tell him. I said, uh, I think I know why he didn't want, mm-hmm. you know, want us to communicate. So Because there's been a miscommunication. You think that one thing is happening, and this is I'm, I'm going to explain yeah. to you. So I had him come over, and he kind of came over, bad body language. I said, now. Did you miss practice yesterday? Yes, sir. I said, okay. I said, did these other players miss practice? He said, yes, sir. I said, all right. I said, now today, let's get to the shoot around. Did you come to shoot around? He said, no, sir. He said, I had, uh, I was looking for y'all, but I didn't know where y'all were. I said, so there's only two places if on game day. <laughs> this is what we do, normal game day. Yeah. We'll watch film because we'd already played this team once. This is a last district game. Yeah. You know, in district, you play them twice. Twice. We already played them once. We watched 20 minutes of film from the first time we played them and then we're going to go shoot around in the gym. He said, yeah, I came to your classroom. Your classroom was dark. I said, I'm glad you told me that. I said, now, if the classroom is dark and no players are in my classroom, <laughs> what's the only other place on campus we could be? He just paused for a second. I said, go ahead and answer it, and I want you to tell your mom. Go ahead. He said, the gym, coach. I said, yes, the gym. I said, now, you tell me, did you come to the gym to see if we were in there? No, sir. I said, where did you go? I went to my car. I said, and when you got in your car, did you stay on campus or did you leave school 35 minutes early? He said, I left early. I looked at mom. <laughs> what said, did mom say then? <laughs> mom apologized. There you go. Stepdad was like, coach, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Grandma 
was still was still mad. Was still mad. <laughs> and he, this kid had a football scholarship mm-hmm. to go play running back. And I was trying to explain to them, when he gets to college, you can't miss, you know, walkthroughs and stuff yeah. like that. Well, that's different. Blah, blah, blah. I said, no, it's not. I said, because let's say when he gets to college to play football and they redshirt, what did they say? He has to pick up all the players' helmet and equipment. Grandma said, my grandchild ain't picking up. I said, oh, he will. What, 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 what grandma come in there like, man, come on, grandma. Get. I think she she was kind of delusional. I'm like, yeah, he will pick that up. And you say, so this guy's playing college ball now? Or? No, he was. Okay. He was. He, I think he played for like maybe a year or two. Okay. And um, he ended up, uh, you know, I don't know if he's still in school, but – you know, I was just trying to get him to understand that this is life, yeah. a life lesson. Trying life goes forward. beyond sports. Yeah. It's not just about the dribbling yes. basketball. It's about understanding yes. these are responsibilities that you're going to have to face once you leave this realm of, like, high school. Yeah. And with he, even though he was a football guy, still, it's, it's, uh, this is very similar. In college, you, you're going to go through the same things. Maturity. It goes back to that red shirt years. Like you have to understand. You have yeah. to. Under, most kids can't handle that. Most kids are like, man, I'm the best where I'm at. I ain't got time for this. Man, you gonna do what them coaches tell you? Hey, <laughs> if, if that football coach say go sweep this up, you probably gonna go sweep, sweep this up. Especially yeah. if you're getting this education yeah. paid for. Come on now. So trying to get them to understand that, um, you know. Mom and stepdad understood, but grandma was not buying it. She was like, he still should have played. Yeah. Well, well, that's grandma. You got to understand how grandmas are. That's her baby out there, CJ. And, and, I, and I explained to her, if he come to practice, it, she said, he comes to practice every day. You should have let him play. I say, so long as you come to practice every day, that negates playing time. She said, yes. I say, nothing is guaranteed. and it, Nothing should be guaranteed in any program except practice time and, and hard work, literally. Yeah. Like, I can't guarantee you game time just because. Because you come to practice. practice. You might not even be practicing hard enough. There we go. So. One of the comments on there said that uh, one parent was like, their kid was listening. It blew their mind when they heard that college scholarships only one year rentals and not four years guaranteed. I, I found that out. I knew that after my first year, but I found out the hard way when some of my teammates didn't get their scholarships renewed. <sighs> and they were my – we were – Great friends. I was shocked that they wasn't. So you're back. pretty much off the team then, or is it? Uh, yeah, uh, the coaches, and this is how it goes. So after my freshman year, we have our team. You have a team. You have your individual meetings. That's mm-hmm. what he calls them, and you schedule a time. And it's almost like going in for an evaluation or a summative for a regular job. If you're going to get a raise, they'll probably bring you in or something like that. So coach brings us in um, one by one. Brought me in. He has my file. He file the papers out, and I'm like, man, what is all this he got? <laughs> well, those are numbers from weight room from when you started the beginning of the year, and when we do testing, I think we, we used to test like maybe every six weeks. Yeah, He has all those numbers, and those numbers need to be on par with what he thinks you need to be doing. And Then he pulls out your stats, and that's when you like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, it's like, man, you know you know if you had a good season. You, you know if you did what you were supposed to. Yeah. Um, he has notes from practice film that he has written down that he has, like, uh, he might have a staple to your stuff. Kids, I don't mean to cut you off, but kids, that's one thing kids don't understand I try to preach is even in this, everything is practice, practice, practice. Yes. Coaches are always watching you no matter what you're doing, how you performing in practice. Yeah. Because if you don't practice well, guess what's going to happen in the game time? You're more than likely to make the mistake. Yep. And they record practice in college. Um, what? I, yeah. <laughs> you break down practice film. I'm like, damn, we got to break down practice film too? 
We didn't do that in high school. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't break that. Now we looked at game film. Bad, you ain't breaking. Need to be breaking down my film in my squat form and my uh, and my CrossFit workouts. You don't want me to do that. Come on, that you got to step it up. That I'm hearing all these good things about coaches, man. You got to yeah. come with it next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, film breakdown, um, noticing tendencies, all that kind of stuff. Um, coach has all those notes written down, and when you go in your individual meeting um, at the end of the season, he, you're gonna talk about all that stuff: the good, the bad, the ugly what you need to improve on, what he wants to see. And if that stuff isn't what he has in your file, if it isn't up to par of what, what he thinks, mm-hmm. that's when he's going to tell you. You know, um, I was, it was great to have you this year, but we're going to – we decide to go in a different direction. And that almost sounds like when you interview for a job. Yeah. <laughs> and you get that letdown email or that well, letdown phone yeah. call. You know, hey, uh, Mr. Jordan, you interviewed good with us, but we're going to go ahead and go to – Go another direction. It's like, oh man. So, how do you, as a coach, handle that when you have guys? So, like, you have your seniors coming in. Mm-hmm. You have these. You know, you have this young hotshot freshman that's coming in that's real good. A guys that's trying out that just not. Yeah. That you know, not cutting it. How do you? How do you know when a player's just not gonna get you where you need them to be as a coach? And what do you do with that player? You know what? Sometimes it'll be just leading up to that point. Mm-hmm. If I haven't seen this person in the gym a lot. If this, if this person hasn't been seeking me out to come to workouts, because during the athletic period, obviously we have my, my guys in the athletic period. But after school, you're more than welcome to come in. You can work out with so them. So it's the extra work that you put in. It's the extra work you put in. Um, and some guys, like you said, those seniors, I, I always try to let them know that nothing is guaranteed. Um, hey, I tell them my job isn't even guaranteed. I can get fired for losing games. Mm-hmm. That's just a part of the coaching, you know, coaching culture. <clears throat> So, on the flip side of that, you can lose your job for not performing right. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter if it's a ninth grader, 10th grader, 11th grader, and you're, you've been a three-year starter. Maybe you just don't have what it, you know, or you got lazy or, or you know, got casual with things. And yeah. it's like, man, you know, I'm good. I got mine. It's like, no, you don't. So, they, so they kind of they always say through them is hard work beats talent. So, can you take somebody who's not as talented and hard works and put that talent in them. Where's where's that wall that that person reached where it just like it just caps out? Yeah, I, that's a tough one because I think any coach would obviously you want to to win. You're gonna have to have some talent. Yeah, you're gonna have to have some. But at the same time, you have to figure out a way for those guys that are maybe have a lot of talent and are not maybe as motivated or you know, don't work as hard. That's the part of coaching that you have to figure out. How do you get them to that point? Yeah. Um, usually your less talented guys, you can kind of use them to push the talented guys. Hmm. Um, I try to do it that way to where my le- – obviously I know I'm going to have some guys that are just not as good. But if I know he plays hard or does this, I might take something and say, hey, look how, look how hard he hustled. Look how he dived on the floor. I need that out of you. And you might have to show him in film literally like look at him. He cut him off. Now, he can't out-jump that guy, but he went in and boxed him and out. And boxed him out. Did the basketball play. Yes. And then you went in and stood next to him and tried to out-jump him. I need you to do the box out. You literally have to show him that on film. Because they'll say, mm. I, they'll, Coach, I did block him out. So you telling me that standing shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with a 6'6 guy is blocking <laughs> him. You don't have to out-jump him. You don't have to outrun him. Just be in position where I need you to be as a that's player. It. That's it. So that – I, and, you know, if, if you ask any other coach, that's – that's the part of coaching that we try to figure out. How do you get the talented guys to get the motivation? How do you get the maybe the less talented guys to get get more? You know, some people just have God given ability. Yeah, 
you know. And it's and I struggle with that sometimes. People say, man, it's it's genetics, it's God given like, but it's it's tough, man. Like, you know, some things you can't coach. You can't coach height. No. You can't I mean that's just just there. You either tall or you short. Yeah. So I don't know, it's weird. It's weird. It definitely is. So switching gears a little bit, let's mm-hmm. get into how do you physically that's a little bit on the mental side of it. So how do you physically prepare your guys for the season? What kind of so if you don't know, he also is a uh people don't know, CJ is also a World champion, cross country oh, runner. Don't say and, that. Uh, <laughs> Do not say that. He just let me know he was a regional. Regional. Uh, did you run that? No, didn't. Did you run that regionals? You I said ran that regionals my junior year. My ran senior year, year, I did not. I took the SAT instead. Okay, took the SAT instead. Regionals. Head. So you also the cross country coach at uh, yes. Hitchcock as well too. So talk to us about that a little bit. Running. Talk to us about running. How does that translate? Do you kind of incorporate that stuff into your training with your basketball team, or you just kind of? Keep it separate like that, or um, I usually incorporate it. Um, you almost always have to because basketball is mostly you getting up and down the floor. You're doing a lot of running. Um, it's not a consistent, steady pace run. It's in bursts. It's in different bursts. So um, I figure you might as well run cross country. That'll keep you in shape, or should keep you in shape for basketball. Um, just trying to get them to get over that. And, and I know we were on the kind of the physical part, the mental hurdle of all right, it's three miles. So what? Because the first thing they ask me is how far we got to run. Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't ask me that. Just, <laughs> just you know, that's like a big pet peeve. How much we got to do? Or yeah. what is this? Or how, how, how much? How, how many? How, I'm like, don't worry about it. Just so, do it. Just do it. And, you know, obviously um, I want them to be, you know, want them to do cross country. And this is my thing with them. If they're a basketball guy running cross country, don't finish last and don't quit. That's it. Or you can't walk. So – and now, if you happen to get in the top 10 or you get in the top 15 in medal, man, hey, good for you. More power to you. Congratulations. Yeah, but we're going to incorporate it. I feel like you almost always have to incorporate it. And I, like I told my guys this year, when we go to a cross-country meet, you're going to see, you know, a 5A team there, and you're going to see these maybe 6'5", six, 6'6 six, six guys. I said, ask them, do they play basketball? Yeah. And they're going to say, yeah, I, I play. That, that's just part of what they do. I could see where uh, running cross-country would be pretty beneficial for a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just – They're out there for a pretty good while sometimes running up and down the – Yeah, and I tell them, if a starter um, – if you start if you start the game and you play every minute of the game and you're getting up and down the floor, like we, if it's how we are going to play a game, you probably – if we were put probably, a, you know, a something on you to see how much you ran, probably yeah. about between three and five miles. In a game? Yeah. So, hmm. like I tell them, only difference is now when we're doing it in cross country, you don't have a basketball. Yeah. Um. But, you know, I, I think it's cross-country is always a help. It kind of goes hand-in-hand. Hand. It's almost like football guys that run track. So um, <clears throat> we're talking about conditioning. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing that everybody, everybody knows is these days with the way electronics are, mm-hmm. these kids will literally sit around from the time they get out of bed till the time till it's the time to go to bed yep. and play on electronic devices, sit there, watch an iPad, play a game or whatever. And, and me, I, I see these kids doing it all over the place mm-hmm. and it drives me bananas <laughs> because I'm, and it's, it's not that I'm mad at them for doing it. I'm, I'll get worried. I'm like, what, what are these, what, it, what is this? Get outside doing and get active. Kids, yes. You know, physically, you know, so <clears throat> That's my question is, do you feel like uh, or have you seen where these guys come in to 
start the season or something like that or just just out of shape season mm-hmm. out of shape from sitting around playing on these things all the time because uh, it's we, an epidemic yeah we do <laughs> it is I, yeah i agree with that we do have a few guys that come in and i'm like man i have i haven't seen you as much this summer as i thought i would where you been oh i you know i've been i've been at home but i've been playing basketball no you haven't no you haven't because i and i tell them usually i'm used i don't live that far from the school so you know, we're usually trying to get in there all the time. But, um, you know, the guys coming in out of shape, I, and I explained to them, that's probably one of the worst things you can do as a, as a basketball player. Football, you can kind of get away with it depending on what position you play because you can, with the way they their season is and their practices are, you can kind of work your way mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. that. And in football, there's a lot of, you know, you stop. Yeah. You, know, you do a play and you stop. So basketball is like a constant up and you down. You're going. You're yeah. going up and down. Exactly. You getting – Especially with depending on what kind of philosophy you have as far as team philosophy goes, or what kind of what kind of game you your coach is playing. We're, we're up tempo, so like I tell them, we, we got to be getting up and down. We're mm-hmm. not the we're not the biggest guys in the world, so so that's why you say that cross country and coming in shape ready to go. We don't yeah. have three or four games for you to get ready. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't have six, seven, six, mm-hmm. eight. You know, studs that jump out the gym, and I, that's not us. So we have to play to our, you know, tell them we have to play to our strengths. We're going to be full court, man to man, probably going to press some, and you're going to get tired. That's that's part of it. But our cross country should develop us to where in normal situations where when we would get, when other teams get tired, we still have another gear that we can hit. Another gear to kick it into. And that's one thing I find when I run. Even when I run, it helps me better at CrossFit because, like me and Thad talked about the other day, it teaches you how it's not necessarily about, running fast or getting better endurance, but it's more the mental side for me. So, yeah. you know, like it teaches you to keep going and don't stop. Because mm-hmm. once your heart rate get up to like 140, 150, your mind's like, okay, I'm comfortable. I want to stop. But running teaches you keep going. Yeah. You got that extra gear in your mind. You only – you're limiting yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. So, trying to incorporate the cross country with them, um, I, I'm – and I'm going to have more guys on the team this year with mm-hmm. me having so many guys in all season – I'm interested to see them compete in cross country. I just want to see them compete. That, and that's yeah. another thing. Cross country just, you know, some guys get out there and they run and somebody's running next to you. And you might not even – your times might not even be better than him. But just because he's running next to you – It's going to push you that little bit more. Oh, yeah. and, and that's what I want. Mm-hmm. I say, and I tell him that, that's, all, that's all we want out of that. You know, if you – once again, if you happen to get to regionals <laughs> – So I, be it. Just don't I, finish I, last and don't quit. And don't let no lineman beat you. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> Don't let no lineman beat you. So yeah, um, that tell me some since you're conditioning stuff. What are, what are some things that y'all do as far as conditioning, trying to just developing that and getting people to break through, or getting them to take that extra, that extra. Once they think they're, oh, I can't do it anymore. I, I can't go anymore. And you y'all can just push them more. Well, <clears throat> as a coach, uh, that that can be hard sometimes. You know, um, you. You're dealing with their uh, with their personalities also, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got to learn who you can push, you know. But a lot of them, I just go up to them. I'm like, "Come on, man, we we got a lot of time." They want to turn around and look at the clock. <laughs> but see, that goes along with what you're saying, CJ. It's like we, our mind wants to know when the end is. Yeah. So we, when yeah. we know what the end is, we know how much effort we need to put into yes. it. So yeah. if I know it's a ten minute workout and I got eight minutes to go, it's like, okay, I could coast. For these last two minutes, because we all wait, yeah. we almost done. Yeah, I usually tell them, "Look, don't even worry about the clock. I'll tell you when the workout's over with. You yeah. just keep going. It shouldn't make any difference. 
you know, what part of the workout we're in, you should be going about the same speed mm-hmm. the whole time. If that makes yeah. any sense. No, that's right, because like, I'll be re- even when running, like you said, I want to get my, you know, do, once you get that two miles, mm-hmm. you get to that two miles, then you shut your mind off. It's like that's all I'm running there is two miles. I already told myself that's what I was going to do as compared to when I just get out there and run. When I run, I'm just running. I'm I'm just I'm just gonna run to shit till I get tired or till the sun tell me to go home. Mm-hmm. Then I usually get more of my run from there. So, okay. Look, man, you send everybody to take your get the class, get Hitchcock Bulldogs in a bus, <laughs> and you come down and you visit that at the endurance class, and he'll get them in a. Uh, <laughs> Adam all. Adam, yeah. Cole, we don't want to come back here no more. <laughs> well, y'all get your ass back in there. <laughs> like, now, now you now you now you want to run cross country. Yeah. So run them through Thad's uh, Thad's class. Send them out here. Cattail march on Thursday and uh, endurance class on Saturday. They'll trust me. They'll want to do some. Uh, I'll whip them in the shape. Yeah. <laughs> we'll them in the- Coach, can we just just? I just want to do this. <laughs> no, no, uh-uh. Y'all, everybody, come on. You see that three miles, the two miles that you run? Now let's do some cleans. Let's do some uh, some jerks. Let's come in off that run and, and grab that barbell. Grab that barbell. Oh yeah, they would be dead. They would be dead. I already know them. So moving, so that's the conditioning part of, it. and let's talk about this is my repertoire: the strength. Oh, how man. do you get? How you get the? You mentioned you like clean. I know we, man, you yeah. talked about clean, yeah, the snatches you know, and stuff like that. All the stuff that you do, like um, you do the overhead stuff. You know, I mm-hmm. used to have to do all that stuff. Um, and trying to explain to them, getting them to understand, um, because this is what happens. Coach, we gonna hit the weight room. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to be dunking. I'm trying to be dunking next year, <laughs> and that's their number one thing. I want to dunk. I want to dunk, and I and I tell them. I don't want y'all to be dunking. I want y'all to stop somebody from dunking. How about that? Yeah. You know, um, but no, on, on a serious note, I I think getting them and I um a guy that I used to uh not train with, but I he's a trainer, he trained kids. He said, um, getting them to get through a full season. Yeah. Train them to endure a full season of basketball. Mm-hmm. Endure not just a full season, because some a lot of kids play during the season. As soon as the season's over, they pick right up with AU basketball. And yeah. some of them are always nicked up. You know, just just little, you know, ragtag injuries. Like, dude, if you, you know, were conditioned or strengthened to, in, you know, endure and finish a full season, you know, you, you would be capable of doing that. So the first thing I look at, um, obviously, I like doing the Olympic lifts. I want them to be explosive, working on getting their flexibility, opening their hips up because yeah. I got a lot of Ooh, guys. man. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, it's, that it's, comes with the whole sitting down thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's Opening wild. the hip. That's what we talk about all the time at that. What, number one, the reason you see people have back trouble. Yeah, it's hip, tight it's hips. Yeah. Tight hips. I got tight hips. Gotta open your hips up, man. I tell them that, and they're looking at me like, what you mean? And I have to literally, like, demonstrate. If I'm 6 mile and I can get down like this, this you got to be able to get down. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're doing squats, they want to put start putting weight on, putting the plate on. I'm like, uh-uh-uh. I need to see it. <laughs> Please. They want to do that quarter squat. Yeah. Oh, coach, I didn't got 500 no. pounds. Man, sir, you didn't even break one inch. No, none of that counts. And I know somebody start. else that'll do that sometimes. <laughs> hey, hey. Thad always, get down lower. Get down hey. and say, man, leave me alone. Thad, I done 100 I, squats. I can hear my strength and conditioning coach. Jordan, you got to get low. Drop your but that's and that's And you and you write that when you have the good coach that tell you that, you hear those mental cues in your head. Yeah. You're like, okay, let me get lower, get lower, get lower. Yeah. So getting them to understand, um, first off, what they're doing in the way, because some of them have never, they don't lift like that. Um, they might come in every once in a while on their own and just do some basic stuff, and they yeah. ain't even doing it right. So first off, I got to get in there and show them the proper, you know, some of the proper things, just from the basic lifts, from squats to cleans to bench press. I have to show them literally, and I have to do it myself to show mm-hmm. 
this is what we're looking for. If you can't do this at this weight, drop the weight. Yeah, exactly. No, and I, um, one of my buddies that I worked out with, uh, Herb, don't ego lift. Ego lift. Ego lifting. Yeah. And I tell them, we don't need ego lifts in here. I don't, I'm not worried about you being the strongest man in the world right you now. You got to check the that most. ego at the door. There we go. So um, as far as them building up strength and stuff like that, we I try to do um, – we do a lot of high rep stuff. Especially okay. if we're going to do lower body, I'll do some high rep stuff. Upper body, I don't do as much high rep. Um, we do some – we mix some benching. I had them do a lot of dumbbell work. Um, trying to do stuff like that, it's going to be high rep. Yeah. And we'll do – I'll try to do rounds, like a round of three. Um, yeah. Or do, we're going to do five rounds of this with, with lower body. And it'll be sometimes stuff with the bar. It'll be stuff with um, 20-pound dumbbells, lunges. Um, we, we do it. Yeah, it's a bunch of stuff we do. I'd be um, killing them with some plyometrics. Yeah. So we want to do that on the football field, definitely. Mm-hmm. I like doing that in the sun. They hate <laughs> <laughs> the coach is hot. Like, dude, it's 9.30 in the morning. Relax. Relax, <laughs> yeah. I love going outside. I'm, a, I'm an outside person. The, to me, it's not really never hot outside. I don't mind going outside. Man, it's – I guess you just learn, and that's and it's all about psyching self out. If you learn to embrace it and deal with it, the heat won't even be an issue. Bleachers, we go, I, I love making them run bleachers. Mm-hmm. They hate doing that stadium, and I, we do the, they do the whole stadium and go around all that stuff. We do yeah. that um, a lot of footwork stuff. So the stuff that I usually put them through, as far as plyometric goes, it's going to be things similar to what a, somebody in the secondary would do with football, like a cornerback mm-hmm. cone drills changing directions in short space because in basketball, the court is only so big and you have to be able to change gears in small spaces. So we do a lot of our plyometrics. We go outside. I yeah. love going outside doing that. Um, they're starting to get more accustomed to upper body because the, the big myth as far as upper body lifting with basketball, it's going to make my shot be thrown off. And that's, you know, I was just about to jump into that. I, want, I was thinking back in my head. It's like you don't hear guys equating to like, upper body strength training yeah. when it comes to basketball because the myth is you ain't going to be able to shoot good That's enough. That's not true. That's not true. When we were in college, we did work out on game days. It would be it would be medium to light lifting. Mm-hmm. We did upper body stuff. Um, I, now, to this day, I still do, before I go play basketball or do anything, I do, a, I do upper body. I do a full upper body workout and lift relatively heavy sometimes, and I'm just fine. But I, it's just – I think that's part of a mental thing. And, like, it's kind of one of those bro science things where somebody just said it and somebody took it and they ran with it. Yeah. No, you can do upper body and still play basketball. You can, yeah. you can be strengthened. Um, the only thing uh, in high school, maybe not so much, but in college, I would notice that during the season, I, I would uh, obviously have gains in strength, but as the season progresses, it's hard to keep it on because we're doing so much. Mm-hmm. So, so much, much conditioning, right. yeah. So much conditioning. I would definitely. I could see that. In college, I usually hovered around about 185 most of the time. Okay. The heaviest I'd ever been in college was like 193, 195. Hmm. And then once we got into the season, you know, four-hour practice, and you're running and moving. And I was always a moving around type player. I'm never standing around. I'm always constantly. Ray Allen type, running around, getting this shot. I'm definitely getting up and down the floor. I I would always. Now you're getting in the whole nutrition thing. Yeah. And I think now I (laughs) wish in college we would have had now, they, now at Sam Houston, they might have somebody that does nutrition. Nutritionist, stuff. yeah. Then we really we didn't. So go you're kind of on your own. To go eat. to that bear, BKV. Yeah, BKV, Belvin. <laughs> Belvin, yeah. get, them, um, get the, whatever's there. The only thing that I can I can say that I that I consistently ate, it was breakfast. And I still do that now. I got to eat fruit, oatmeal, something something to get me started. So are you able to put your, your uh, team on like that kind of a – 
diet regimen. You make recommendations. Uh, you wish. can't. You wish you could. Hot chips, takis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, Soda man. water, Mountain oh, Dew. Man. Um, yeah, I try trying to keep them. You know, I can tell them about it, but it, obviously it's it's impossible. Some of them, man, they eat. You know, chili and cheese fries before the game. <laughs> fresh from playing. I'm like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? Man? Eat a banana, some apples. Man, just, you don't yeah. need no chili cheese um, fries. It's not even going to oh, move man. right. I know. Now, my cross-country guys from this past season, um, I would go. I would stop and get a big fruit tray, bananas. They oh, okay. would ask for all that stuff. So, this year, I'm going to try to work. Because the basketball guys, more of them are going to be doing it. I'm going to try to work them into kind of just, okay. just eating. Try to eat a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Y'all can't, you know, we can't get up in the morning and go eat breakfast burritos and then go run two and a half miles. See, but that's one of those things where you don't appreciate it. and t- You don't appreciate that until you're in the game and you're, like, dead tired. You wonder well, yep. why I don't have their next gear yep. because your body doesn't have good fuel yep. to run off of. And use yep. it all up. You need use it all. All that french fry grease is oh, gone. <laughs> yep. Quick burning. Quick, you need the slow, complex carbohydrates. Yep. It's going to give you fuel and keep you going. The only thing I can kind of recommend to them now, and I try, man, drink, I don't want y'all drinking no soda. Let's let's just try as a, you know, as a team. Because like I tell them, I I normally don't drink soda at all, very rarely. And it's hard, too, during the season, especially taking them to eat somewhere. But so when we go on an out-of-town trip, we're going to stop and get something to eat. They get mad. I say, hey, the, the lady's like, hey, what do y'all want to drink? I said, all waters. Why <laughs> water. oh, we got to have waters? Or I'll go buy a case of water first, and then when we get there, nobody gets drinks. Well, where are our cup at? We got bottled water on the bus. Mm-hmm. Go get your water. So, um, yeah, that part of it, that that's, man, just think if a high school could hire a nutritionist to work. Because most high schools have strength and conditioning coaches now. Yeah. You know, when we were in high school, no strength and conditioning. It was just – just getting there and lift and get yeah. that bad form. So exactly, or the coaches in there doing it with you, or or in there overseeing y'all. Um, at a bigger school, obviously, I know they they have strength and conditioning coaches. Most of my buddies that coach at bigger schools, they don't have to worry about strength and conditioning. They have somebody that does that totally separate. So do y'all have a strength and conditioning coach? Or? No, we don't. Okay. No, uh-uh. I know it's. Man, the cost of I, I don't even want to get into that part of it. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get into the yeah. politics of uh, the district and all right. I don't want to know what that has to do. <laughs> but, stuff, um, so. No, as far as the strength goes, as, as far as us, I usually try to, obviously, I'm going to have to show them how to properly lift and let them know it's kind of a building block. It's You're not going to start off, you know, lifting 500 pounds, and you're going to have to work your way through Why that. not, coach? <laughs> Man. Because we don't have steroids available. Yeah, he weigh a buck 30. Yeah. He ain't about to uh, he ain't about to do that. Yeah. Man, but but it's but it's like you said, and it kind of – you think about it now, think about basketball athletes from like the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And I was even looking at a picture from like the Lakers from the uh, – the 80s, it was all on the boat. I was like, man, these guys are all, like, just straight. It was, yeah. like, no muscle in the leg. Not no a lot of people le- are, def- are defined. Like, now, as compared to athletes, now you have, like, athletes. Like, you look at the LeBrons. You look at the Westbrooks. You look yep. at even, with like, the Kawhi Leonard's. Those guys are, like, they're lean, but they have more of a tone. Like, they actually more conditioning is getting into yes. basketball. Yeah. Where it's and not they, just go shoot a bunch of jump shots. And, and they're probably working out. Think about the strength and conditioning. Um, just the technology that you had to be able to measure different numbers and different things. Yeah. They, they're able to do that. Um, and, and like with my guys, and I'm trying to explain to them, because like I said, they want to dunk. Everybody wants to dunk. I'm like, guys, that's just, you're not going to be able to. Yeah, you, first off, you're guard. You ain't going to have the opportunity to be dunking that much in the game. Are, and y'all are not explosive like that right now. <laughs> y'all are just not explosive like that. And trying to get them to understand 
some of the things that you're going to have to do to be able to see gains in that. So like prime example, some of them think well, I'm trying to get my vertical up. And I asked them like, well, how much do you think your vertical actually is going to go up from what it is now? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not <laughs> people's vertical going up eight, 10 inches. Ain't going to happen. Yeah. It, it's, no. <clears throat> it's almost unheard of. You know, now obviously if you got somebody that couldn't jump over a paper clip. Yeah. And, so once you reach that level of plateau, like somebody who's never jumped before, but you're going to reach your mark. Yes, that's yeah. totally different. And, like, I'm trying to explain to them and then explain to them how you can get your vertical up. Right. With the power cleans and the snatches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can run bleachers and jump rope and apply metrics. I said it might only go up about three inches, but you can become a quicker jumper or you can become – Yeah. You can – your legs can be have more endurance to where you're able to jump. We can measure, let's say, how high you jumped in the, at the end of the second quarter – and let's look in this overtime game at the end of overtime, you're still about in the same range. Yeah, I've read um, <clears throat> where a vertical is – you're pretty much born with that. Mm-hmm. Really? Know, it's hard – yeah, it's hard to um, to train that. So it has a lot to do with just the muscle fibers you have actually yeah, in your body just develop. Your, just your uh, makeup. Hmm. And usually it has, like I tell them. So that's why I can't dunk. That's why you can't dunk. (laughs) Um, You know, they ask me, well, what's your vertical, Coach? What was your vertical? And they think that I have some, like, 42-inch vertical. I'm like, (laughs) no. I said, now I have ridiculously long arms. I said, my vertical is only, like, a 33 or 34. So, And that's not – you know, that's all right. But But then it it comes your genetic makeup. You have a longer wingspan, so you're able to – yes. And that's I don't I don't want to get off subject, but we talked. Me and my wife talked about this before. It's like we was reading a book where it goes like setting your kid up for success in a sport. Mm-hmm. Like if your kid is five ten, the chances of them making an NBA or making it to get a D one scholarship is tough because you have to be highly skilled. Yes. That's going as you have to be highly skilled at that age as compared to what you could easily translate to a football player, mm-hmm. even Olympic lifter, or even somebody in gymnastics. You couldn't do good in gymnastics because you're too long. Yeah. Or like Olympic lifting, it's tough for you because you got long levers. Yeah. So, and a lot of people get get that mixed up where you hate to tell people it's genetics all the time, but genetics do kind of play a role into what positions we play and what we do and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. I know you was born with a vertical. I'm going to test my boys out this evening <laughs> and see. Yeah, boys better be jumping some. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, man, it's, you know. So, you know, I uh, played at Hitchcock. My teammate was the guy that was on the and one. This uh, guy, this guy that he could do what was it, seven twenty? Yeah, this guy would jump, spinning around the air, seven hundred and twenty degrees, and dunk a basketball. Now his vertical. Just imagine that spin. I can't even spin around right now, three hundred and sixty yeah. degrees, without getting dizzy. Yeah, I'd fall down. <laughs> yeah. So this guy's jumping. Yeah. TJ spinning around twice and dunking. Yes. Now his vertical. I don't know. I still today don't know what it was, but it was he was explosive. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And people would think that, oh, he put the, I don't know if you remember those Man, shoes. Man, you remember the, them, the dumb, shoes them, dumb, them dumb shoes that yeah. had people with Jump chin toes. splints and yes. bad calves. Yes. Talking about they had, they, the number one person they had on there was Spud Webb. Yes. That Spud Webb, Bodies. No, Spud Webb been jumping like that. Yes. <laughs> he ain't, uh. TJ never wore those. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. We, we, in the weight room, we did, you know, squats here and there, calf raises. But he just had a natural, it was just a natural God's gift to be able to. Yeah. Not only could he jump very high, he could jump very fast. Mm-hmm. And, and normally, when you get basketball guys, if they jump high, they have to kind of get some space to be able to do that. He didn't need no space. Ah, uh, so you're saying that running, running start oh, to get no, going. No. He, I, I would have, 
I used to tell people I, if you if you think about when Mike Tyson punches somebody, you're like, oh, like that <laughs> like, yeah. Did he just break his neck? <laughs> That's how when he when he dunked, when he dunked and he put it through the ring. You like, oh, did he yeah. just? Gosh, Man, Tyson like, on that uppercut, he came from the ground. I remember he knocked that dude Jericho yeah. out his head. <laughs> you see how violent that looked. Yes, his when he jumped, it, it would snap so fast, and you're like, God, did he just? Mm-hmm. Wow, you throw an alley anywhere, mm-hmm. he gonna go get it and make something. It's gonna look good. You are gonna be like, I can't believe he just did that. So, you know, going back to the whole jumping thing, I tell those guys, man, some of y'all just above the rim guys are kind of just nat- that. That's like a Blake know? Griffin, a like, Sean Kemp, yeah. a Zion Williams. That natural. dude, he was he natural. came out the womb jumping like yeah, that. That's that's say, yeah, that dude is naturally already doing that. Now you can improve the quickness on it. I think you can improve the endurance on it to be able to keep to keep, keep doing it at that point. Yeah. But as far as like Zion Williams vertical going, it, it is what it is. Like it is yeah. what it is. Um, you know, trying to get them to understand that. Like some of y'all just are not going to be dunkers, and that's yeah. okay. It's nothing wrong with that. But that's the first thing. Kid, most kids, coach, I want to be dunking. I'm like, first off, let's lay up. Yeah, let's learn how to use your left hand, and then you'll be a way better player than somebody that's wasting all their time trying to dunk. Left hand on the correct leg. How about that? <laughs> you know that. Yeah, trying to get them to, to just understand that about the whole strength and conditioning part. You gonna have me dunking by this time? I'm like, see, you want to be dunking by this time, but when I tell you to get the jump rope and do 200 jump ropes, mm-hmm. like real jump ropes, yeah, you be like, why 200? Oh, that's a lot. Or you double jump. I tell them, you know, this ain't a jump rope for heart. You know, you can double yeah. jump. In elementary, you can double jump. I yeah. say, we do it. We're trying to do it like a, you know, almost like a boxer would. You yeah. go fast as you can on your toes. Your calves should be burning. When you say double jump, you mean like a double under or? No, it's just like when they, from jump roping so slow, they just kind of like. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, gotcha. And it's comfortable for them. That's comfortable. Mm -hmm. I told them, I said, now, and I let them finish too. I let them do 200 just like that. And I say, now, give me 200, uncomfortable, fast as you can. And I have to demonstrate to them and show them this is what I mean. I said, just for me doing 75 straight, my calves are a little, little, you know, it's a little on fire. That's, That's how it's supposed to be. But you want to you want to dunk, right? <laughs> well, I mean that you know. And see, I'm a and this might this might be a little controversial what I'm about to say, but I'm a firm believer in if your kid into sports and they playing sports, mm-hmm. I think I'm a firm believer in being a parent that understands your child's talents and understand what they're gonna like. If my son's not good at baseball mm-hmm. because I like baseball, I'm not gonna force him to play baseball to be a baseball player. He's a runner. Yeah. You could go run. You go play basketball. I think a lot of times parents don't take that objective look at their kids and say, let me set my kid up for success. They want to play basketball. They want to do this. Well, let me sit down and have a real, like we, me and Naomi, we had a real talk with Javen. She wanted to be a sprinter, 100, 200 sprinter. I say, Javen, I love you to death. You're my daughter. And my number one goal is to, for one, set you up for success and prevent you from embarrassing yourself. Let's go to the hurdles, the 300 hurdles. Let's something that you can use your skill because you're not giftedly fast. Yeah. And the discus, because you're strong. I look at her. She's a powerful athlete. That's what she did. His quickness is not her thing, and she excelled at it. Made it to state last year in the 300 hurdles. She's excelling at the discus this year. But a lot of times we try to force our kids into like, okay, this kid, don't play basketball. I want you to be – I was a guard. You're going to be a guard. Yeah. Well, Dan, I'm 5'10", and I'm not that quick. <laughs> and, I'm so, and my shots are not that good. Well, let's go shoot 300 jumpers outside. Well, now their heart's not into it. Yeah. Um, you know – and when you say about being 5'10 and not quick, I don't know what it is. Man, I over the past four years I've been coaching as head coach, we've had 
a lot of small guys, and they not quick. They can't handle the ball on the string. Oh, it's like, like dude, if you <laughs> if you're gonna be a guard at five ten, you better damn well be quick and be able to handle the hell out the basketball. I don't understand. It's, I'm like, I thought you was faster than that. <laughs> and they get out there getting blown by, by by guys that should not be blown by them. And they like, oh, coach, but this, this, and that can't. You know, shooting ain't just throwing up a knuckleball up there. <laughs> knuckleball. Like, you know, I, I don't, that's weird. That's weird. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just me, but our, a lot of our smaller guys that we have, they just like, I'm like, what's going on with your footwork? How can you, like you're stuck in mud or something. Yeah. Um, but no, that's, that's understandable as far as like, you know, what you just being, I'm not going to say, re- you know, it's being realistic. Real realistic. Yeah. I mean, you want to, and the goal is to most kids when you play sports, a lot of kids want to play sports in hopes of getting a scholarship. Yeah. So let's set you up for success, put you something that you're good at. It might be tennis. Yeah. Remember, I was talking to about he Jay Alden talked to a uh, good friend Alden talked to Jay, and he say, "Shoot, the kid that's running a steeplechase get a full scholarship too. Yeah. <laughs> the Jeez. kid that's running a triple jump get a full scholarship too. Mm-hmm. You don't have to run that 100 to get a full scholarship. Sure don't. Even uh, LeCadrian's brother who ran the uh, relay, mm-hmm. ran the 100 relay, four years education paid for." Got his master paid for, off of running, doing what his job was on the track, yeah. not doing what he wasn't supposed to do, just doing, going out there and running. Yeah. So no, I, I that's just me. I believe we said I we got to set our kids up for no, success right. and yeah. don't baby them, kind of like yeah. their grandma was doing with yeah. that kid it, at it, the beginning. It happens in high school. I think they start kind of figuring out once they get to high school, like, wow, I'm not going to be able to do, probably not going to be able to do this, especially with friends that grew up playing sports together, like little league sports. Because in little league, and this is what I tell them, in little league when you pay, Obviously, you're going to have to get in. A football player, they got to get in a certain amount of plays. Mm-hmm. In basketball, they got to play a certain amount of minutes. So we had, to me, in junior high, you know, I was last year I was able to come down and, and help out with the junior high tryouts and all that stuff and be there every day. Well, we made some cuts. Well, <laughs> from, from outside sources above my pay grade, we, they wanted us to do tryouts over again because we made some cuts. So basically, in code, what they were saying was, "You can't cut people," and I'm like, Ooh, "That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> tough. That's, yeah, that's a tough one." Because now, on your junior high teams, you got fifteen to twenty kids on your team. Yeah. So you know, you're the kids that you know that are going to have a going to be playing high school basketball. You're, you have to kind of pretty much sub in. They don't even they play. Once you start winning, you got to get all the other people in and. And get them going. You got to get them going. So the people that are, you know, it's going to be some people that are just your starters are not going to play a lot. Yeah. And that happened with our junior high kids. You know, in district, I knew they were going to be, you know, beating a lot of teams, yeah. like 20 or 30. And it's like, dude, your, your best players literally play a quarter, and then you put another five in here, another five, and you go five. So five, these guys five. not getting – building a program up from the ground up. To me, it's just tough – I guess I got to kind of understand both sides of the, of the yeah. spectrum. But I'm like, when they get to high school, they get cut. You know, I hate to be – I mean <laughs> – You hate to hate to rip that Band-Aid off, mama and daddy and – you get cut. You know, you don't – And you grandma. You're not paying. So it's not a guarantee you're going to play. You know, just because you started in eighth grade, that doesn't mean you're going to be playing in, in ninth grade. You know, you might get up there and be totally shocked like, man. So kind of – So kind of – crazy. So kind of along those lines, this is probably gonna be the last question. A lot of good, a lot of good talk, a lot of good discussion. Mm-hmm. When should a child start specializing in a sport that they want to play in? When should they really lock? Because you know now, 
now the pressure society makes you want to specialize your kid at six years old yeah. playing select ball like forever. Like when should a kid specialize? I think first off, you got to figure out what does your kid want to do? Nah, that's because not what I want to do. Yeah, what my kid, what wants, my kid to. wants to do because what I want you to do might be totally different than what you want to do. So like with my, with my child, she does, she was doing a lot of gymnastics and y'all mm-hmm. remember, like I missed the uh, battle of the pine yeah. one year because she did gymnastics. So I'm like, told her mama, she want to do gymnastics. I'm all for it. But as soon as she says she don't want to do it and you still taking her, that's a problem. So first off, we need to figure out what does your kid want to do? To me at an early on age, especially with your, with your two sons, mm-hmm. man, it's all fun. That's what, and that's kind of, but it's fun. when you get out there and these dad, dads are like, man, got hidden coaches, yeah, got arm. We're like, man, what are y'all oh, doing? Oh, man. Just, it's fun. Just let these kids enjoy themselves, man. Just learn the game. They're not even mature yeah. yet. It's very, it's rarely, tough though. And as a parent, yeah. you look at your day, you're like, well, damn, what well, should I be getting my kid a hidden coach? They five and six. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's a tough one. It, to me, and sometimes we see these viral videos with kids running. You know, we saw the kid playing flag football. He was just ripping and running through everybody. It's like, man, all right, that dude, he got something right. He's got something. Yeah, he got something. But then who's to say he might burn out? Yeah. He might say, Dad, I don't want to play football no more. What, and that's what I'm always afraid of with, with, with any kid. When you when you constantly just putting them in, putting them in, putting them in, putting them in, by the time they get to ninth grade, it's like, I'm tired. And it's like, whoa. And then you get mad at them. What you mean you're tired? You got to keep doing this. You've been doing it this long. It's like. You've been doing it for 10 years now. And, but that one. <laughs> and from the jump, it was probably never fun for them. Yeah. Even though ah, they were there you go. It, it was probably never fun. So, so you hear that, parents? Make sure it's fun for your kids and not for you. Yes. Starting off, I'm just. I can remember being a kid playing Pop Warner football. And I always thought I would be a college football player until I <laughs> grew up and I, like longer. And yeah. Like, nah, bro. Yeah, you ain't going. <laughs> ain't nothing you going to do. No, I don't think you want to keep playing wide receiver quarterback. But, um, no, it, it was football was always fun for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, my first love was always football. And I, I think practice was fun because we get to hit each other in practice. <laughs> and if it's raining or muddy, yeah. we get to, like, be out there. So, football was always fun for me. And then once I got to junior high, um, still did football. Once I got to ninth grade, they started incorporating, what the, you know, the junior high kids are going to come up to the high school and work out and lift now. And I'm like, why we got to lift? This much. I don't mind lifting, but why we got to lift this much? <laughs> this much, yeah. So, you know, the head coach for football was like, Jordan, you ain't going to lift. You got to get out of here. <laughs> I took it as, all right, well, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. You know, bye-bye. On the basketball. I, I'll do basketball. And at that time, I was the only eighth grader, you know, in the basketball all-season workout with yeah. the high school guys. I came up with the football team, rode the bus up there, but then I just, instead of going to the field house, I split off and went to the gym. And I started realizing, all right, you're probably going to be pretty good at basketball. And once I got into the ninth grade and, and really started playing and realizing in high school, like, all right, yeah, you, yeah you, you're going to probably be playing varsity. You got a shot at possibly playing college basketball. It's just depending on where, you know, where you're going to be at. But I remember it always being fun. My mom never forced me to go do anything. Just get out there, have fun, just and just enjoy it. Enjoy it and have fun. And now as you go along, you start to develop competitive you know, kind of a, a little competitive spirit. spirit it's like, man, I'm, you know. Yeah, because as a parent, you walk that fine line between yeah. pushing it and then having fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so we got one good, one really good question that I want to give to you, give you since we're running long on time. But I still want to get this. It sounds pretty good. So 
Do any of your players look at you as a father figure, influential male in their life, and how do you balance those two roles as a coach and as a as that male influence in their lives? That's a good question. Thank you for the question, Shana. Yes, that was a real good question. Yeah. So, um, I would I'm gonna go ahead and say yes on that because I'm usually around my players, especially the ones that are in off season basketball, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, with me being a hometown kid, obviously they see me kind of around at my grandmother's house, at okay. my mom's house. Um, a lot of my players I still talk to to this day, and that's when you start kind of realizing the impact that you start to have not only on basketball but outside of that. Um, you know, they'll text me, hey, coach, just seeing what y'all up to. Man, tell them they need to do this, this, this. Mm-hmm. I saw them in the game. They wasn't playing hard as they could, so you got to do this to them at practice. Or I had a kid text me, said, hey, coach, um, I got me a job. Um, you know, can you be a reference for me on this? I got you. Um, cool, cool. Hey, I'm trying good. to go to school. I want to do this. What do you think about this? Well, you know, son, I think you should go this route. And try so it's this. not just when you're on a team, but that no. relationship continues yes. throughout the yeah. duration of their lives sometimes. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I'll get the ones that I was real hard on. <laughs> Very hard. But see, no, kids don't understand no, when you're hard don't. on them, they don't appreciate yeah. it then. Yep. Until they down that line, say, "Oh, this is what Coach Jordan yes. meant." And that, then you I do that Tiger Woods fist pump yes. when they call you. Yes, you got yes. it. He, they called me during the middle of the season, and they I, it was something happened on the sideline, and I was mad. Like, dang, Coach, you was hot. I said, "Yeah, I was." I said, "Man, I remember you used to get on us like that." I said, "Yeah, y'all used to drive me crazy." I'm like, man, Coach, I just want to say thank you. <laughs> I say, "Well, hey, I want to say thank you for sticking through it, and I, you know, trying to get them to understand because it's been guys that I've put off the team." And they came back the next year and excelled. You know, hmm. I had a kid that I kicked off the team. He was one of my best players. And I hated to do it, but that I was one like of those. CJ runs a, he runs oh, a tight no. ship over there, Thad. That's what, that's what, it's one that's what I like. Yeah. No, it's one of those times <laughs> when I had to recognize, do you want to continue? And this is a, a, a kind of a program-defining moment. Do you let kids stay in a program that continually do stuff and your other players see that? Mm, and there you go. A downfall? Or do you say, you know what? Even though I'm gonna have to sacrifice some wins for putting this person, on I the need team. to. This for the betterment of the program. Yes, and, right. he, and he wasn't a senior, so I knew I could get him back. And I knew once I, I put him off the team. And if he came back, he'll be a better player. Yes, I even put him out the program. I put him out of basketball completely. Took it all from him. Damn. And he would always come up to me <laughs> after the season was over because we lost in the I think the second round of the playoffs mm-hmm. that year. And everybody, if you would have had such and such, y'all would have did this. Y'all would have did this. And he knew. That having him, not saying that it guarantees us a win. But it's it, a better opportunity well, to win. It, it dang sure gives us a big, a better chance. <laughs> and he came up to me, can I get back in offseason basketball? Can I get, can I said, son, as bad as I want to put you in there, I'm not going to do it. Now, next year, we'll start over fresh. We won't worry about what happened last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put you on a on a attendance, con- kind of a attendance contract, I mm-hmm. say. Because he had issues with coming to school on time. He was always oh, okay. late. Just- so... Once he came, and sure enough, he came back the next year, enrolled, was doing everything fine. That's what you call life, getting better at life. Not I, just basketball, yeah. but getting better yeah. at life. He had to grow up a little and, bit. And that, and that was, a, to me, that was a life moment for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he came back. Got, he was, obviously, we got him in the program. He played. Um, he got offensive MVP that year and got all region. Look at and, that. Look at that. And they, and they all asked, well, what, where was he at last year? I said, y'all not going to believe this. Because everybody was asking about him at district picks that year. Yeah. I kicked him off. And I said, man, I had to kick him out. Coach, he was newcomer of the year the first year you got him. Mm-hmm. I said, man, I had to, you know, let him know. But it's the same kid that called me about a job reference. It's the same kid that called me during the season and said, Coach, man, you know, I know y'all lost that game, but 
you know, I know you can get them right. Do them like there you did you go. us. So hearing that back from him and being able to communicate with him. And me and his dad knew each other personally. His dad was a little older than me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, knowing how he had issues there, me, similar situations. So just being able to talk to him and, and, and when he calls me back, and him and the other guy that I kicked off the year before, <laughs> the phone. they got me on speakerphone calling me, telling me, man, coach, you need to get on them. Don't let them get away with that. Cause you, and that's the first thing. You wouldn't let us get away with it, so don't let them do it. See? So I always have to remember. So so parents out there in the world, moral of the story is let the coach do his job. Yes. Let Un- the coach coach. Uncoachable kids become become un- unemployable people. Exactly. Exactly. Pretty much. Hey, that's, per- that's it in a nutshell right yeah. there. That's it. Yeah. Look, that you got see that you, you, you see that already pumped up yeah. on this generation. Yeah. <laughs> that wants to clone you and put you at other at a, at a high school coach in every uh, area. But that's true though, man. Parents allow the coaches to coach their kids, allow them to do their job because these are just a life lessons that these kids learn. They might not it might not be a professional athlete or a division athlete, but these things that translate into. Life skills, yeah, right. job skills, them going back, raising their kids, getting up early on time. That guy with the attendance record, now he might be early to work every day. Man, he prove his grade just because he go to school on time. I, I like talking to him because he'll call me. He, he put me in check sometimes. <laughs> Don't let him do that. You, I, you know, I know you would have let. So hearing from him and hearing from guys that um, that used to play for me and they come back, especially the ones that go to school, even if they're not an athlete, mm-hmm. they go to school and they like, coach, man. Golly, this this ain't what I, I say. I told you it's different when you get up there at school. It's, it's kind of not saying you can do what you want at school, but you don't have to go to class. You don't. Yeah, you need that. Yeah. So that that self discipline that you taught him to come back, it translates over into college. Yeah. yeah. So so um, yeah. Let's just let your kids allow your kids to be coached. Um, let them be coached hard too. It's okay to be coached hard. Don't baby him. You no, said don't, don't baby him. No, I'm not saying be. I'm not. I would never belittle a kid. It's be it's different between belittle and exactly. coaching and yeah. hard coaching. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm gonna be hard on them, and and especially the kids that I had in my class. I had some of my players in my classroom. They, why are you always hard on us than everybody else? I say that's just the way. It's the it. way it is. Yeah, that's the way it is. You're an athlete here, so we all know who you are. So when you do something, we know. When they do something, we might not know about it. Yeah. So good stuff. Man, we man, that kind of went by quick today, man. We I almost know. it does not feel like we're gonna. I told I told you, so if you come in, CJ, you get the. Oh, he was worried. Said, man, we got to get. Say, no, watch. Don't worry. When you get in there, you get to talking, just trying to talking about life and what you do. It goes quick, man. It definitely yeah. quick. We definitely have to do round two once we get our uh, fourth mic set up and get good Alden in there and have a good debate. Yeah, we man. need the, the state championship. Coach. The state championship we, coach, Alden hear, Lewis. I want to hear here. about their state championship. So, guys. Man. Out there in uh, Facebook world, make sure you get on Alden Lewis and tell him you need to come hop on our show. And uh, he's been called out officially. So. Yes. Yes. So, well, thank you, CJ. That was a lot of good stuff, man. Appreciate it. A lot of good stuff on athletes, parents. Make sure you listen. Good one to listen to, parents. Good one to listen to. Allow your kids to be coached. And uh, CJ31, appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yes. Welcome to Beaumont, Southeast Texas. Give them, you got to give them a good round of applause on that one. And... And once again, guys, you know you can find us on uh, Masters of Fitness Podcast on Apple iTunes, uh, Spotify, Podbean, uh, Google Play Store, wherever you can get a uh, wherever you can get a podcast, you can find us at that. What's your uh, Instagram? Where you want? Where can they find you at on Instagram? Instagrams at, at King Thad. 
at King Thad. So go follow Thad at, at King Thad. He puts a lot of good stuff out. Check out his endurance class, CrossFit Beaumont, 8.30 every Saturday. And also we do the uh, runs at Cattail Marsh on uh, Thursdays at what, 6.30? 6.30. Thursdays at 6.30. You can find me at uh, Instagram at EJ underscore Doyle. I don't do any cool coaching, but uh, if you just want to see some cool looking workouts, some good workouts, definitely. some good workouts with me and my shirt off every now and then, <laughs> I'm then, not uh, taking my shirt off. <laughs> then you can follow me there. But uh, once again, thank you for listening to us. Uh, go download the show and uh, follow us on. Oh yeah. Also YouTube as well. We everywhere. Wherever all you can, we all over the place. So thank you once again for listening guys. Cue the cool drop. Drop, drop, drop.